If they had lived in Old Testament times, they would have undoubtedly been stoned or mauled by bears. If they had lived in the time of Jesus, he would have rolled his eyes at them endlessly as he exercised their demons. If they had lived during the Reformation, Martin Luther would have nailed his 95 Thesis to their foreheads. But lo and behold, here we are, and somehow, each of them is responsible for leading the church in a different way. There's Kendall, the youth minister and mustache expert. Hunter, the rookie youth minister with the hair of Absalom. Coach Rhodes, a pre-youth minister whose observations leave you wondering why. And Brandon, who's abandoned his youth ministry roots and is now largely useless. It's the Practical for the Pew podcast. Yay! Well, welcome everyone to the Practical for the Pew podcast. Once again, Justin bringing it with the intro. As he said, I am the mustache expert. If you like it, if you don't like it, let us know. We care about your theological questions. But on a more serious note, we have been loving this podcast, loving the community it brings for each other and those of you who listen. And as we've been going through a book study and we continue to do that, gearing up for our second season as we look at another book, we also want to take time to discuss hard topics that maybe we're experiencing in our day-to-day life or in our ministries or maybe stuff that you are experiencing in your life. And so today we have a special topic that we want to discuss, and that's the Gen Z generation and how we can interact with them and help them in their walk with Jesus. We're going to get more into that in a second, but first, let's introduce the guys. I'm Kendall. I'm Hunter. Coach Rhodes. Well, awesome. And I'm Brandon. I (laughs) I love the community that we have amongst these four guys. And how they've always encouraged me throughout the years. And, and when we have tough discussions, when we have tough things going on in our lives, uh, these guys are always there for us, for me and for each other and supporting one another. And we hope we can be like that for you at home as well. Well, we all work with youth in some uh, level of, of ministry or in personal life. Uh, Matt's a teacher. Coach Rose, my bad, is a teacher. Uh, I'm a youth pastor. Hunter's a youth pastor. Brandon used to be a youth pastor. He's now teaching middle school students on, at Sunday school, which we're really excited for as he starts up that. And so we all work with this Gen Z generation. We call it the Gen Z generation. And that's what they're known for. And, and so anytime you hear Gen Z, you can think about kids that are anywhere from 20 down are really your Gen Z kids. Um, and they are, um, they are defined by um, their, their social media their interest for social media, their TikTokers. Uh, right now, they're big on the game Among Us. Oh, uh, they, great they game. Love, they love screen interaction. And so there's some difficulties that, with, that come with that. Now, one of the things that we're learning in ministry that comes with this Gen Z generation is that unlike any other generation, their culture is teaching them 24-7. Think about it. When you were in high school, you were taught by the culture around you when you were at school, right? When you got home, uh, maybe there was a TV, but maybe it wasn't on all the time. Or maybe there was a, a newspaper or, or maybe there's media, but you didn't hear your culture all the time. But for kids, they have their phones with them 24-7. And so their phones, uh, most kids, the statistics say they're on their phones seven to eight hours a day. So their phones are teaching them all the time. And so with that becomes a harder battle to give them Jesus and a culture and in a world that gives them the opposite of that. 
And so we're going to talk about some of those things today. As we deal with these kids, we see things like uh, abortion, um, uh, racial issues, uh, gender and sexuality issues be huge hot button topics for them. And a lot of times they tend to, to maybe go based off of what their feelings are versus uh, maybe what the scriptures would say or what we would interpret the scriptures. So with the four of us today, we're going to discuss how do we navigate teaching a generation that is based off of feeling and very much is taught way more by the culture than they, they are by us. And how do we navigate that? How do we battle that without losing them completely? And how do we encourage them to seek first the kingdom of God before anything else? So with that being said, guys, um, what are some things that you find that are difficult within ministering to this younger generation um, that you're still trying to figure out how to navigate? Yeah, dude. Um, I think one of the big things that um, I've felt and conversations with other youth ministers is it's not solely, and I know, I know we're specifically talking about Gen Z, but I want to say it's not solely on the Gen Zers. Um, I want to take a step back and say who, who raised the Gen Zers and something I've struggled with. And I know many of others through conversation, through um, just looking at dialogue, through chat rooms and stuff with other youth ministers is their parents. Um, when it comes to the priority of church, you know, for us growing up, it seemed like, um, you know, we went to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night. And that, and it was natural and we wanted to go. And, and I'm somebody that was involved in sports, but even though it was traveling teams and it was school sports, I, I was still involved in church. And right now with Gen Z, it seems it's not a top priority. Um, and in, in our conversations with, with others is parents don't push it. Like these kids have to buy in themselves. Um, it's, it's not a tool that many would think of evangelizing to your kid, showing your kid, Jesus. It's more so, you know, I, I, I don't know where the disconnects at and maybe you guys can answer that. Um, but for me, it, it comes down to, they, they don't want to buy in. And, and when it comes to that, their parents don't want them to buy in necessarily because it's not a priority. Well, I'll, I'll answer that a little bit to why I think the disconnect is there. Um, we've seen with COVID, all of our numbers in every church just plummet, right? Um, every church, no matter what church you talk to, every church, it just plummets. And uh, a lot of people aren't coming back. Some of them, they don't feel safe. That's for sure. Um, but there is a, a, a majority too, or a large number of people as well that, um, it, they realized, oh, I can do without it. Now here's the thing. And we're seeing this with the Gen Z culture and, and those who were raised by them, the, you know, their parents, um, it was never a life changing experience to go to church or to get plugged into these things. Right. It was just something we kind of did. Right. And, and so when you were talking about this Gen Z generation that has Jesus, but also has some worldly views and we kind of freak out and go, Whoa, how's that possible? Right. It's because they don't know what a life altering life with Jesus looks like. They don't, they don't see it. Most of us don't see it in our own lives. Right. A, 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 a interaction with Jesus, a relationship with Jesus that drastically changes who we are and everything that we view life as and everything that we do. Right. And so, when they don't see that and within and 
let's just be honest, they didn't see that consistently from the older generations. That's where the disconnect can come from. Uh, we can't just blame uh, the younger generation for their shortcomings. We have to understand that, yeah, we raised them. And that, and, and so we got to figure out, we got kind of like that scripture, right? Instead of looking at the peck, the speck of dust in their eye, what's, what's the log in my eye? What, what am I to blame for this? And what can I do better to say, Hey, no, listen, Gen Z, like Jesus is the best thing you could ever have. And Jesus should change your opinions. And Jesus doesn't want to just be an add on to your life, like another app on your phone. Jesus wants to change everything about your life. And that's okay. But we got to show that in our own lives first. And I think that's maybe a, a big thing that we're seeing. These younger kids are seeing us be more worried about other things and not Jesus first. Matt, what are you seeing? You're a teacher. You're a coach. What are you seeing with the Gen Z that you feel is the, a big uh, difficulty with reaching into Jesus? Uh, like, you, like you guys are talking about, you, you got to connect with them. Um, they're constantly on their cell phones, on their devices. Like everything is a snapshot, a snapshot or like a, like a Snapchat video. Like they're always like making videos of each other, doing the TikTok, whatever. Okay. And at our school specifically, we don't like, we're, we don't want them to have phones out. And so we kind of like, well, if you see it out, we're going to take it. And so we haven't had a lot of problems in class with phones, but you can just tell like with my softball girls and with, with um, just students in general that w when they have their hands on that phone, they just are attached to it, like every single thing about it. And like you guys were talking about, that goes back to parenting. It goes back to your parents because what do they see? They see their parents constantly attached to it. And so what are they going to do? Oh, I'm going to follow them. And so um, I think it goes back to some of our previous conversations about like, consumerism and we are consumers of technology and that in and of itself is a, is a distraction from god and so um yes we can utilize um technology to to draw them into god but um at some point it's going to become a distraction so it's definitely definitely a difficult you know it's difficult to tackle but hopefully Hopefully we can kind of dissect it a little bit in this podcast. Yeah. Brandon. Uh, I would just build on what Rhodes was talking about with the distraction. Um, we are constantly, and, and I, I mean, we, because it's not just a Gen Z issue. We are constantly consuming uh, information. Uh, and so there's no chance uh, or even ability, there's no room uh, to think uh, and just to be quiet and rest our minds so that there's even room for um, analysis on how we're living or, um, you know, let alone if we're following Jesus or, or anything like that in our spiritual life. So I think uh, the big problem that I, I really want to get into as we go in this episode is the problem of idols. Uh, and I think uh, technology plays a role in that, uh, but it may not be the actual idol. I think there's root issues um, and it bubbles up into um, side effects, things that we need to address. Uh, but really, we need to dig all the way yeah, down to the root issues of idolatry. Yeah, which is a plague within our whole culture, not just with Gen Z, but um, everywhere. And I think that I think why the Gen Z might have a hard time 
giving their life over to Jesus or, or even seeing why it's important to, to change their whole perspective of life for Jesus' perspective, right? Is because us older adults in their lives have idols that we haven't got rid of. Think about it. The reason why kids go to sports instead of church isn't because of them. Their parents are taking them to those games, right? The reason why um, a lot of Gen Z, especially in my church, our church are very conservative, but all of our Gen Z kids are the opposite. Why? Because all they see on social media from the people of our church are just all about politics and not about Jesus. And so is that an idol, right? And so you could go on and on and say, these are things we're passionate about, but if we get too passionate about them and not passionate about the cross first, they become an idol. And then they distract from the gospel and the mission of Jesus. And I think, Brandon, you, you hit it right on. I think that's really the big issue that we're dealing with um, is these kids are just being taught, yeah, I've got idols, but I can still have Jesus at the same time. <laughs> they just look different. Their idols might be um, it's gender uh, issues, right, or sexuality issues, or you know, I have kids that think sex before marriage is totally fine, right? Um, maybe it's abortion, whatever those things may be, right? Those might be idols, but they're no different than the idols of past generations. They just look different. They're still idols at the end of the day that are distracting us from Jesus. And I would add, I mean, I can feel people cringing like idols. What are you talking about? We don't, you know, construct golden calves and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, just because we don't bow down and worship something physically doesn't mean it's not an idol. Also, the people of God have historically sucked at staying pure in their worship. I mean, how long was it after they crossed the Red Sea and God delivered them dramatically and miraculously from Pharaoh's grasp and they're bowing down before golden calves? Um, it's not mm -hmm. hard for us to slip into false worship. Um, and what that looks like is, is what you're saying, you know, where are you spending your time? Uh, I heard it uh, explained yesterday in a, a kid's Devo <laughs> designed for six-year-olds. Uh, look at your hands when it comes to worship. What is in your hands the most? Uh, is it your phone? Well, maybe that's a worship issue. Uh, are you using your hands to pay for something? Maybe you have a consumerism issue and that, that's your idol, Great. you know, like follow your hands and that'll show you your worship. Uh, and I mean, that was, like I said, designed for a five-year-old. It was very interesting. Yeah. It was, um, it was spot on. Hunter, anything to add to that about idols? There's, there's a lot to add, but um, I think if, if we, if we just jump in, I think we're, we're better off than maybe, maybe touching a tangent from myself. I want to be, be humbly sound in that. Cause it's super easy. If anybody knows me to, possibly rant or to go on a tangent of a loving loving um kind approach you you I never do. you never rant and if you do it's definitely always in love hey now, i do have something i do have something to add um, go ahead Matt. i so something involved with with idols um there's a difference between there's a difference between like totally giving in and saying forget you god i'm gonna do me I'm going to follow what I want to follow, whether it's homosexuality, I'm sex out of marriage. Um, I'm going to put sports above you, God. I don't care. Like, yeah, that's different than like, like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to worship you, God. I'm trying to, trying to praise you. And then, oh, I have a lapse. And then there's something that happens, you know? So I just want to kind of differentiate between 
there is a difference between saying, forget you, God, I'm going to do me, than from trying to live for God and then screwing up. Because we're, oh, yeah, we're totally. Up. It's always, there's always room for grace. And a lot of times we can have idols without saying, forget you either. We can still and, have an idol in our life and still, and, you know, there's a lot of people I right. talk to, myself included at times. I know you guys have called me out on it, where I think my relationship with Jesus is great and have no idea that I've got an idol right in front of my face, right? I think we all live like that. You know, I, I had someone the other day that was like, well, what's wrong with this younger generation? They just, they have this problem and they don't, they don't see this biblically. They don't read their Bible. And I'm like, we got issues too. They look different, but we have idols too. And sometimes we get so used to our own idols or our own sins, right? We don't see them anymore. We just see the ones that we don't struggle with. And we got to be reminded of that when we're dealing with this younger generation, because they still love Jesus. They still, I know some Gen Z kids that really love Jesus. Is their passion sometimes misplaced? Is their, is their eyes sometimes not always on the cross? Well, totally. But it doesn't mean we write them off that they're all a certain way or just give up on them. We got to find ways to say, how can we connect with what they're passionate about? Brandon? And by definition, Gen Z is young. Uh, I mean, just physically young. So they're also young in their faith. So it's our job to disciple them and grow them to the fullness of Christ and, and grow them in maturity. Um, so, yeah, yeah, like you're so saying, let's we talk can't just write that. them off let's because we, it's our role to um, teach them. What, is, what does that look like when we're talking about the culture that teaches them and the, the primary things that they believe as kids, whether it be uh, left or right, there's things on both sides that are not biblical, right? We can agree to that. And these kids are being taught these things. How do we teach them and grow them into the fullness of Christ in a way that they hear it? Because this generation, probably more than any, and they probably learned it from us, the millennials, right? This generation is quick to just, you say something I don't like, you're, I'm, you're out of my life. I'm not going back to youth group. I'm not going to hang. I'm not going to the coffee shop with you anymore. You know, so how do we keep an influence in their life and teach them? Um, and where we still have an influence and impact without losing them completely. What, what are some things that we need to implement in the way that we interact with the, this generation? Hunter? Uh, yeah, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Um, authenticity is this generation's word. Um, if you're not authentic, if you're not genuine, you're going to get slapped in the face with um, whatever they're going to bring at you. And I mean, you, you know, talked about both sides. Both sides are going to operate in fallacies. And what I mean by that is, is we're going to operate out of things that aren't true. Um, we're going to fall into all of these different positions and we become extremists. And that's something that has just been frustrating on my heart lately is becoming extremists. Like, where are you at? Are you going to find yourself in the middle? Because I don't see where, where Jesus is on either side of it. Um, he's going to love them right right then and there, but he, he's going to draw that line. And authenticity is huge with connecting with this generation. Um, if I go in and start a conversation and play it off like I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> essentially I'm going to get bullied. Like I'm going to be made fun of. Um, if, You're because, be because this generation, this generation, unlike our parents or our grandparents, where a salesman could come in and just start selling you on something, that's not, that's not going to work. You have to know what you're talking about and you have to be able to give it right back and say, listen, listen, hey, this is a calm, calm demeanor. 
and and it it's it feels like two extremes going against each other and um that's if if you can come in and have an approach of like a, a listening ear rather than um a quick tongue if you're able to come and be like catch them on something and more of like beg a question and be authentic and genuine in your response because because we are caring about that person it's a soul um there's there's souls that we have to worry about and so if we want to be on our high horse or we want to care about pride and come into this conversation uh we're going to get booted we're going to get kicked off and they're either going to give us what we want to hear or like i said you're just going to get bullied on your way out and it's it's going to feel it's going to it's going to hurt and it's going to suck um so if you want to reach in my opinion opinion this generation you got to be authentic and genuine um and that's hard to do for us oh it's for sure. I, I know um, there was a student the other day that came up to me and she gives me headaches and she came up to me and, and uh, she's always oh, hates everything I say. Not much of a, not, not a believer, but she comes to youth group every week. And she told me, she goes, you know, I don't agree with almost anything you say on that stage at youth group. I don't agree with almost any of it, but I come every week because I know you love and value me as a person. And I think that's what you're saying, Hunter, is being authentic to them is all they care about. And they'll still keep you in your life. And, yeah, you know what? I would love for her to be a Christian right now. I would love for her to turn around and, and, and believe in, in Jesus. But you know what? Paul says um, time and time again that it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And I think our evangelism and discipleship looks like that, too. It's a marathon. That we're just planting seeds. That we're just waiting and waiting. And, and we're not going to get overzealous. We're not going to get too urgent. We're going to trust God's time, right? So what else? What else we got, Matt, Brandon? <laughs> well, um, roads. Yeah, I think back to the authenticity thing on her. Um, just they will tell you anything. They really will. Last year, on a, my first year teaching course, it was a nightmare because I just didn't come in, you know, strong like I should have. But I heard some conversations I didn't want to hear because they're just so authentic. Like they're they just they just say anything, you know. And it's one of those things like they will tell you how they feel about a certain person. They will tell you how they feel about you. Um, they're not shy, and so that's why you have to be authentic with them because they will tell you how it is, and so you got to tell them how it is. Yeah, they. Uh, I heard one kid just openly talk about her period. And I'm like, first off, gross. Second off, like, <laughs> second off, like, older generations would never, mm-hmm. you know, disclose that to a full group. Like, and I think part of that social media, which we talked about a little bit, that uh, they're so open on there that, that it's translated to in-person life. Brandon? Well, you gave me the segue. Social media is what kind of I wanted to talk about. Um in discussing this episode yesterday, um, you advised that we watch The Social Dilemma, uh, which is a great watch. And even if you haven't seen it, it can be boiled down to this. Uh, basically, the tech companies are all about money. They don't care about anything else, right? I mean, just like any business, they, they want to make money. Uh, there's pros and cons to that. Uh, but they have the idol of money. However, that is translated to the user, uh, to us, we have morphed into the idol of self-worship. Uh, so you listed off a couple 
um, earlier uh, that I still think are idols of the self. Uh, abortion. Uh, it's my body, my choice because I'm the um, homosexuality uh, and gender said, uh, issues. The, so sex in general, uh, I don't think sex is the idol. I think uh, it, it's I have to fit in. Um, I have the right to do whatever I want. Uh, it doesn't matter if I use and abuse because I'm the ultimate goal or, or my happiness is the ultimate goal. So uh, I think what you guys are saying is absolutely right on. I mean, that is the uh, relationship building and the authenticity that we have to uh, exhibit uh, is definitely where we have to start and have to finish. I mean, we have to stay in relationship the whole time. But as that relationship gets strong enough, we have to be able to say, look, you, you know me well enough, and these are the idols that I fight against. Um, and, and I'm battling against these. But these are also the idols I see that you're fighting against. And, and until you destroy those idols, you're not going to have room for Jesus. Uh, and so we have to remove that, and, and we have to do it first. We, uh, like you said earlier, we have to remove the log out of our own eye before we can remove the splinter out of others. Um, but the context of relationship that you guys are talking about yeah. is, is exactly um, where that conversation is. With that, and what you're saying place. about relationship and how we're able to, to pull these things out, I want to give a, a um, example of this, but from a different generation. For those listening, most who are listening are, are older. This is going to hit home. And I, I, I didn't ask uh, the guy who told me this. Um, he listens to the podcast, so we'll see how he feels about this. But um, so, so he, uh, he's a good friend of mine. He's a, that's a great card. Uh, he's a good friend of mine and uh, comes to my church. And one thing for years uh, that has always been a battle with him is that um, he – he's very passionate about Christ. He's very passionate about um, his views on things. And a lot of times his opinions would come out in a way that um, would hurt others or ruin his, his um, uh, relationship with people to, to bring them to Christ. And him and I always went round and round on that and, and what that looked like. And, and, he, and he read a book that I talked about earlier called uh, gentle answer by Scott Sauls that we're actually reading together. And, and uh, his his heart and his demeanor has changed drastically in the last month that he's read that. Um, he's come up to me multiple times like, man, listen, with tears in his eyes, like, listen, man, I'm so sorry if I disrespected you at youth group. I'm so sorry if if I talked in a way that, that took away from Christ. Like, I do think that I'm right in these certain views, these certain political views and stuff. But the way that I talk about them is hurting my witness. And like, it makes me emotional just hearing that, you know, um, that he realizes, okay, like these have been idols and I can, and, and yeah, I have the right view of these things, but I'm saying it in the wrong way. And, um, and it was about relationship that we just held on to each other and said, Hey, listen, we're going to figure this out. And I'm still figuring things out too. Right. And so what I, what I want to encourage this older generation is, is that, yeah, these kids got some things that are wrong, right? But it's not our job to call them out. It's our job to build a relationship and to teach them how to grow with Jesus. This buddy of mine, I didn't do anything. 
he continued to grow in Jesus to where Jesus opened his eyes because he was able to discern the spirit and discern the scriptures into his own personal life. That's our job. The spirit is living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword, right? Or, or Jake from, um, or Nick from, uh, new girl would say double-edged coin. It's, it's a sharp, it's a sharp sword, right? And so we got to trust the scripture and we got to trust the Holy Spirit and say, let's guide our students into how to read scripture and how to read it into their lives and how to connect with the Holy Spirit. So let's work instead of teaching at youth group that this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. What if we say, hey, here are some spiritual disciplines to implement into your life so that you get to know the Holy Spirit better and so that you get to understand the scripture better. And then the Holy Spirit's going to do his job. Let's start there. They love Jesus. They got some wrong, some wrong thoughts, right? Let's just get them into the spirit and into the word and let the spirit do what he does. Mm. Hunter, you're shaking your head. What do you got? Yeah, no, dude, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, because, cause that is hard. Like we kind of talked about it the last, um, two episodes, you know, we said, um, we we have to we have to meet the person where they're at and then we have to say okay we're here throw it at me we'll go back and forth a little bit well let's keep walking let's grab them by the hand and continue on um and to to this man's credit i don't know who it is but um i i feel you uh sometimes i find myself you know i know the right things to say i know the right things to do i find myself and I even had this conversation with my sister today. Um, I, I've become more apologetic in my response. I become more um, defensive. I, I live in this paradox of, you know, I, I absolutely hate politics with my heart. I hate it so much. Uh, but on the other side, I'm great at deliberation. Uh, I love the argument and I have to humble myself to the fact, and I've said it before of, you know, John, John Kerr said, uh, who gave us the right to be right? It wasn't scripture, but it was the United States. And I'm a product of my own culture. And I have to humble myself to that is, is I have to know where I come from. I have to know my history and I have to be able to step into other people's history. So even though I'm a product of my generation, I have to set that down and be like, I hear you. I'm not going to fight you on it. We can have we can have a conversation, but like we talked about authenticity, you know, and, and Brandon brought it up. Like if, if we don't drop ourselves and our idols, we don't go and clean out the closet. <laughs> um, they're, they're not going to listen to a single thing we say. Cause, cause if you don't have the backing to it, they don't care. Cause you're just preaching at them. You're just being like everybody else in the world, telling them what they can and can't do. And even though they acquiesce and they step back and say, I am going to be that with social media. I am going to do this. I am going to do that. In the back of their mind, they're saying, I don't want you to tell me who I am. I'm going to find out who I am. And they want to chase that. They, you know, you talk about sexual identity. They're chasing who they are. And that's just because society is trying to tell them who they are. And they want to step back and be like, no, I want to decide. And I understand that, that frustration. I understand being bullheaded. Um, Many can attest that I am quite bullheaded at times. But I think talking about this, talking about this generation, um, they they want us to go ahead and meet face to face. But at the same time, you know, I don't I don't even remember what we were talking about. You know, we talked we talked about me going on a rant 
<laughs> well, um, I, I'll say I'll say this, Hunter, with what you said, um, and then we'll we'll uh, look at some scripture too about this. Um, this generation doesn't care about um, they don't care about uh, facts or about truth. They care about feelings. They care about what what they are feeling. They want to be happy. They want to be comfortable. Things that not necessarily the Bible promises, right? They want to find themselves. And a lot of times we see them thinking they found themselves and then they continue again and again and again. And so um, we can't go at them and say, here's what's right. Here's what's wrong in faith. We just studied Romans 3, uh, the back end of Romans 3. And, and Paul's basically like, it's not about what you do or don't do. It's about who already did it for you. Let's focus on that, right? Let's focus on what Jesus did for you. And as you continue to focus on that, as you continue to be just soaked in that truth, that's naturally going to change who you are. So we all were kind of challenged to have some scripture within what, um, wh how to handle the Gen Z. So uh, as I'm or had, going ahead and talking, I'll, I'll share what, what I had. It's Philippians chapter two. I think this is important for all of us. And uh, my favorite script, scripture passage um, it says this, starting in verse 4. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of, to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's verses four through eight in Philippians chapter two. What I love about that, it kind of goes back to what Brandon was saying about idols, that Jesus could have considered himself equal to God, a God, right? And what Hunter was saying, how we, we all want to find ourselves. We treat ourselves like a God in our culture, that what we want, what we desire, what our view is, is all that matters, our truth, right? My truth. I'm the God of my own life. Jesus was equal to God, but did not consider that. Instead, lowered himself as a servant. The Greek there could be translated as slave. And said, you know what? I'm, I, my life doesn't matter anymore. My life doesn't matter. My life matters because God chose to use me, and I'm going to use my life for others. And we're, we're told to have the same mindset of Christ. That's hard. That's difficult. We're going to struggle with it every day. But when we have the mindset of Christ, others see that. And others go, you know, I want what, he's, what he has. He doesn't look happy. He looks at peace. He doesn't look comfortable. He looks joyful. You know, that's our goal, to have the mindset of Christ. Brandon, what do you got? Well, just to follow up on what you were saying and what Hunter was saying, um, even the idea of finding ourselves and finding my own identity, um, you know, humbling yourself and realizing that you were not your own and that you were bought at a price. Um, you know, e even that talks um, about the idol of self and, and giving that up. But I'm in Colossians 3, uh, the first three verses. Uh, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Um, man, we've said this a couple of times on the on the show. The gospel that we preach determines the disciple that we make. 
uh, Bill Hole and Ben Sobel's write that in Discipleship Gospel. Uh, it's a great book. Um, but the, the gospel that we preach determines the disciple we make. Are we telling uh, anybody in our church? I don't even, I mean, I care about Gen Z, but are, forget them for a minute. Are we telling the rest of our church that they have died? Like our life is not our own. <laughs> it is only found in Christ. It, it's Christ living in us. Uh, verse three, our life is hidden with Christ. Um, I mean, that's what the gospel is. Uh, and and until we realize that, we'll never give up our idols. We'll never um, stop chasing everything the world's throwing at us. Uh, we won't be able to humble ourselves and have the same mind as Christ Jesus. Uh, you can't have any of that mean. unless you realize that you've died. Uh, it's, it's, dude, it, it sounds morbid, but verse 4, uh, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I mean, the gospel doesn't end in our death. Uh, we do uh, get to reign with Jesus when he returns. Yeah, so those, those two, all the, what I shared, what you shared, go hand in hand. And it's just so true. Um, the, the more we deny our own life and realize it's not ours, the more we realize we don't need the things that we think we do. Uh, Hunter, what do you got? Um, so I I don't necessarily remember um, why, why we pushed to... Uh, what we what were you using scripture for? Um, I I have a vague memory of what you originally said. I'm just trying to be um, correct with it. What what was the reason? What what are some scripture that can help us with how to navigate um, teaching to Gen Z and working with the specific issues of Gen Z? What you know what we've been talking about this whole podcast? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, John three sixteen. That's funny, Brandon. Um, no, I, I do have something. I just wanted to get your rhetoric correct. I didn't want to misquote you. Um, that would be wrong of me to do. <laughs> um, something, something that I want to, uh, talk about when it comes to scripture and how we can relate is this is more, more so an approach within ourselves. And this is something I, you know, we talked to, um, about work today, um, in, in our office hours. And this is a conversation that we had, and this is more of an introspective approach to how we can relate better, not just the Gen Z, even though that is our specific topic, but also to boomers, also to millennials, um, and also to the alpha generation. And, and so it's this four quadrant, um, idea of mind, strength, soul, and heart, and the understanding with mind, the word King comes along with um with strength warrior comes along with soul sage comes along with heart lover comes along and it's this four quadrant understanding of what's taking place and um who goes with warrior that's that's joab and abner you know talking about david and what goes with king is david what goes with soul is nathan and what goes with heart is jonathan so i think it's introspective to know ourselves to know ourselves, um, to be able to have, to have Jonathan's, to have Jonathan's come along and, and be with us as, as we are David's. We also have to have David's. We have to have people that we can go to that can be the mind that can, that's, that's how they operate. They're able to take a step back and be like this, 
this is where you're getting it wrong or you're not understanding. We have to have warriors and that would more so be ourselves. We have to have Abner's that come alongside us and be like, Hey, I'm joining you, David. Um, let's, let's do this thing together. Let's come alongside each other. And then we also have to have the soul. We have to have the sage, um, that is our wise, uh, uh company or that comes alongside and says, listen, listen, you got this wrong. Um, <laughs> you got this wrong. Um, uh, and, and steps in like, like he did with David. And so I think that is introspective of how we meet any generation and it comes alongside um, how we really interact with anybody and everybody. And I jumped a lot around the Old Testament there, but, but yeah, Brandon, you guys say something? <laughs> One, what is the Old Testament? Two, I love... Um, I love the message uh, of that because you hit on earlier, uh, teenagers are trying to find themselves and the world is throwing every identity like possible at them and saying, you could be this or this or a mixture of it or whatever. Um, And and you can believe what you want, do what you want. What if we as church leaders, uh, as uh, parents, disciplers, whatever that is, what if we said, okay, the world's throwing that identity at you, but what if you're a Joab? Do you know about Joab? But what if you're a Nathan and it's your job to be prophetic and call people out? You know, what if you're a mighty warrior like David, who also, by the way, we can mix some identities with David. He wrote poetry uh, and he was, you know, the mightiest of warriors in Israel's history. Like, what if we threw biblical identities at, at teens and said, this is what I see Absolutely. in you. Why Think don't you about, lean into that and just Testament throw the rest names, of the world's right? identities away? The New Testament. The Old Testament, every name has a meaning. And most of those names of the ones God chooses are godly names. Mm. One of my favorites is Elisha's name, which means God's salvation. You know, and then Barnabas's name means encourager, right? And so, like, those names had a meaning behind them. And so they they had to live up to that name in a lot of ways. And they had to be what that name was. And take it a step further, and a lot of biblical heroes' names were changed. Uh, And so God would come and say, okay, that's what you've been called, but now you're going to be this. And so, man, think of that holy moment where you speak into a teen's life and you say, look, this is what you've been holding on to, and, and this is what you've been chasing that's not your name anymore. <laughs> in fact, I see this biblical yeah. hero in you, or, you know, I see this fruit of the spirit. In and you know, the irony, uh, you know, whatever it is, is that, uh, and, and um, speak Satan's that life and that, that truth in into him. He's trying to take that away from us, right? Kids changing identities, whether it be genders or not, I'm going to be called this instead, or I'm going to do this instead. Right. He's trying to take that from us. He, they're, they're trying to redeem their own lives and they can't. And it's like, no, let Jesus name you. Let Jesus identify you. Matt, what do you got? And we'll um, wrap I have up. a couple things here. Um, you know, we kind of talked about on whether side, whatever side you're on. Um, you, know, you do have the religious leaders um, calling out the woman who is an adulterer, right? And Jesus is like, well, if you're without sin, you, you without sin throw the first stone. And, um, well, obviously they start walking away. But not only does he confront them, not only does he confront the so-called righteous people or the rule followers or like, you know what I mean? 
he also goes after her and is like, hey, leave that and come follow me, you know? And so whatever side you're on, you still have sin and you still need to follow Jesus. So I would start with that, but mainly I wanted to be in, in Mark 1 and 2, um, which is where I've been in my Bible study as of late. And um, I texted you guys this the other night and I texted some other people this, but um, I never really thought before what it would be for those guys like the fishermen to to leave what they're doing to leave family to leave friends and go and follow jesus like you know what jesus had to be he had to be compelling he had to be authentic like we've been talking about he had to be so great in their mind for them to be like oh my gosh i'm gone i'm gonna leave with jesus like I don't care how long this takes. Like, he is this great. He is this good. He is this, like, I am just compelled to be around him. Like, he has to be that great if you're going to do that. And so how do we how do we get these kids? How do we get these kids to, to see that? We have to show this greatness of Jesus. We have to show the power of him. We got to show, like, through our love, if we're like, listen, listen, you see how I'm loving you? That is nothing in comparison to what Jesus does. That is nothing in comparison to how Jesus helps you grow in righteousness, helps you grow in yourself. And so that's something that that if those fishermen can see that greatness in Jesus, we have to, because I wouldn't go unless I saw it. You wouldn't go unless you saw Jesus and, oh my gosh, like I have to be around him. These students love people that they look up to. They love superstars. They love basketball players. They love, you know, like they love rappers artists whatever okay if you portray jesus as king as lord and make him make him great which he is why wouldn't they come to him you know i mean obviously there are other reasons out there but like we gotta portray jesus of who he is and he is great he is king he is lord he is everything well guys this such powerful stuff that we're talking about and, and encouraging stuff. And I hope there's parents out there that are listening and, and just adults in general who are just troubled, just worried, concerned about the belief systems or the ideas that this Gen Z have and realize, listen, it's a marathon. Listen, let's, re- let's remember what to give these kids, that they are not a lost cause and that, yeah, maybe they don't have all the right views, but they are 13, 14, 15 years old, right? We, we've got time. We've got time to change our name. We got time to show them to pick up their cross. We got time to show them the real Jesus that makes you want to drop everything and follow him, right? And it starts with us. What an encouragement. And we hope that encourages you at home too, that you know, hey, drop everything. Go follow Jesus with everything you got and every single thing that you do. And as you do that, those around you will follow. We love you guys. We're so glad to be having these conversations with you. And as we continue with our Practical for the Pew podcast, as you have more things you would like to share, more topics you'd like to ask, more questions that you have, please let us know. Comment. Shoot us a text. We want to be able to answer your questions, but also just be greater community with one another and support one another. Thanks again for watching or listening or whatever you're doing. And we hope to find you next week on Practical for the Pew podcast.